Welcome to the Product Bakery Podcast. My name is Christian, I'm Alex, and together we present you the ingredients to build the right products. So in this second round, we want to talk about the importance of a product strategy. And uh, just to quickly reintroduce ourselves, we have Hugo here, who is working in the healthcare space. So she's working at NuriCare, which provides a healthcare app for people who are nurturing their grandparents, for example, to make their lives easier. As uh, well as Penke, who is working in the AI business and helps to digitalize requirements with an AI-based um, automated requirement analysis. So yeah, we have a lot of uh, product knowledge sitting here and. So we had a quick catch up before because you told me that just in Germany we have 4.5 million people who are getting nursed and taken care of by their families, which is a lot. So you called it actually a pandemic because it's happening everywhere in the world. So therefore, I think we can maybe kick it off with the question, when we look at this market and this demand, why do product teams need a product strategy or why not? They definitely need a product strategy. Ah, come on. They definitely need one um, because it creates the vision and uh, the road where people are trying to go. And, and that's what I found uh, from my team. So it explains the why. So my team is always asking me with everything that we do, why are we doing this? And so the product strategy has to explain the why and it has to explain the how. So you really need to know, um, you know, what's the problem that you're trying to solve, whether it's a B2B or a B2C, and we're doing B2B. To see in this in this situation, it's an epidemic, um, not only in Germany but around the world. But it could be um, a B two B solution that we heard earlier today. So, what is the problem to solve? Who are you serving? Why are you doing this? That definitely needs to be in there. Um, and and who is in the market? Do you have a place in the market? Is it saturated? Are you new? Are you innovative? Are there are there new innovations coming up at BT? is a competitor of ours today, um, and, and to know that. Um, and then it has to um, really define the how. You know, how are we going to be successful in the market? You know, How do we launch it? How do we make sure that people are getting their hands on it, especially with B2C? What are our channels of distribution? Is it a, a purely like Instagram or Facebook, or are we going with partners to really scale? How do we monetize that? How do we operate it? So these are all questions that the product strategy has to answer that really guides the team who is actually really thinking of the discovery part and implementing, launching it, getting it out there. So that's really important for me. I, I really think it's it's instrumental. Okay, what are your thoughts around the urgency or no urgency for the product strategy? Yeah, I mean, uh, there's a there's a you know uh, strategy required for everything, even in life, you know. So you want to go to vacation, you still need a strategy, you know. Else, all beaches are booked, you know. <laughs> if you don't do it on time, so the idea is uh, uh, yes, we need product strategy uh, uh, to validate. Or let's say there are three pillars of it, you know. One is business, you know, which is vision. What do you want to do? Uh, as uh, uh, she also said, uh, customers. Uh, who is our audience? And the third is the competition, you know, should we build this product or not, you know, whether this product already exists, uh, what are the differentiators, you know, uh, the product that we want to build, you know. So, for example, in our case, uh, uh, 
as you said, we we have like a vision like uh, in our company, Junko, is to digitalize industrial requirements. You know, I don't know how many of you have heard of industrial requirements. I don't know how many of you have heard of industrial requirements. Okay, how many of you of you have heard of tender analysis? Tender analysis. Okay, bid management, bidding process. Okay, so you you see, we are already in the niche market. <laughs> So uh, I mean, uh, so we, we are trying to build a product uh, that analyzes requirements from uh, industrial documents, and uh, uh, we also identify ourselves as one of the key players, and we are kind of replacing the existing ones in the market. So idea idea is in this case we found a vacuum. Uh, we had, we started this. We had this product discovery before. Uh, we made a product discovery for two years before we founded the company. So we went to the uh, uh, tender bit managers and understood how they make the bit, you know. So the idea was, let's say one, one bit manager told me, uh, we compare two documents, you know, they get a version of document. They put it on the window, you know, one page on this window, one page on this window, and they see the difference, you know, what has been changed. The speed of rotation of a motor changes from 400 RPM to 600 RPM, and it brings huge penalty to the manufacturer if they don't know about it, you know. So this is the uh, product that we are building to identify what are the key requirements in the document that a manufacturer must fulfill, you know, else there is a huge penalty cost because you cannot build it, you know. So those those kind of niche business we are in and uh, everything is run by uh, state-of-the-art AI. Uh, I mean, I I'm not a product manager as such, I am a research scientist by profession. I am a PhD in machine learning and NLP. But uh, as a startup, you have to do everything. So that's where I come from. And, and definitely customers, we identified our audience, like who is our champion, you know. So everyone must identify who is our champion. Our champion is a CFO of a manufacturing industry. Who is a CFO? CFO looks at the balance sheet and says, how much penalty I have to pay on executing a project. Why? Because I cannot meet this requirement. I did not analyze it well. And we found that even CFOs confirmed us 20% of their revenue goes into non-conformance cost. Let's say the revenue of a company is 10 billion. 2 billion they are already paying it for NCCs, penalties, to meet the committed requirements. So, and we say, okay, we save something for you on the cost side and automate as well. So yeah, and definitely you need a differentiator. So we are a platform, we do, yeah, I mean, any AI that you say, <laughs> we have 50 models running in the product. We are just three years old company uh, and yeah, I mean, we build end-to-end -end platform and uh, we automate everything how tenders are evaluated. So these are the three pillars that uh, you have to align with their vision, you know, so you have to build goals, sub-goals, you have to design sprints, go to the developers, also communicate to them what we want to build in the next two years, you know, and build the roadmap. So that's why this strategy is important. But there's a particular reason why I'm asking why not? Because uh, still these days, I'm pretty sure you all have your product strategy in place, but I still see sometimes company product teams and also uh, leadership teams who are not working with a product strategy or strategy in general, because you know you have either a big demand of the product, so they're just pushing it through as much as they can, or they are just moving from, from one failure to the next success, to the next failure. So it somehow works, right? And I was just, just curious also to hear from you with your experience, how you deal with such situations. I mean, you obviously, are a fan of the product strategy, but I still see that sometimes there is no urgency or need, 
maybe understanding from some teams to work with it. Well, if, if I were to answer, we're constantly pivoting, and, and I think you mentioned it, like it could be a weekly thing, it could be a monthly thing. It drives him crazy sometimes. Uh, but, uh, if we see something that, that makes sense from a viability, a customer need perspective, and also from an effort perspective, we jump on it. Because in a startup world, it's live or die. You're, you're living or dying from the next investment round. I'm looking at you because you know what I'm talking about. So, but but I still think like a fundamental strategy and vision is important for the team that you they have like this lighthouse that, that you're looking at. And, and that's important. That's important that we still have the fundamentals in place, but, but maybe the nuances here and there, whether it should, like we, we've pivoted from going B to C down to B to B to C. Mm -hmm. um, and that, that happened quite quickly and, and we jump on that. Uh, we stuck with our product strategy, we would be losing. So um, it's, it's a no, um, it's a yes in terms of keeping that house and people engaged, but, but also you need to, I, I love the fact that we can pivot. You know, I, I used to work in industry and I used to hate that we couldn't pivot because we had to wait three, three months until we got the committee and got the approval from like a senior vice president. And now in, in, a, in a startup, we just decide, <laughs> you know, we, um, we get uh, the go right away. And uh, I think that's great. Nice. And at which levels do you say is it important to have like a product strategy in place in the company? Well, my company is pretty small. We're, we're like 18 people, so it's all of us. So everybody has to understand it all the time. And, um, and it's, it's important um, that it's communicated and we talk about it. And it's, it's the luxury of being in, in a startup that you can talk about it. It's a luxury, but it's also, uh, yeah, it's a it's two, two-sided sword because everybody has a say in it as well. Yeah. Yeah. How is it for you? Yeah, I mean, even we are smaller than you, so we are 15 <laughs> uh, around the globe. Uh, like, uh, uh, so I mean, uh, the levels, I mean, founders, first thing. Uh, second is like CEOs, if CEO is not a founder, uh, and then until product managers, you know. So this is the level that should be clear. And then sometimes to developers, you know, the lead developers, it should be clear what is the strategy, you know, where we are going to, you know, whether we can actually implement what we are proposing in the strategy, you know, or should we build it or not. Let's say someone says to me, can you build a translation for me? I would say no, because I know it, how much does it cost? And if there is already a, a big player in the market, I will not do that. And, uh, and we cannot do that. So such strategies should be clear, what product features should be clear to almost everyone, to the tech guys also. And I mean, I think it's obviously a luxury to some extent to be that small, where I think advocating for it is also easier. I think like the more a company grows, it gets exponentially harder to make sure that everyone has the same understanding. Because like, I mean, you can have this one phrase or the mission and the vision laid out and then like breaking it down. But it still comes down to like everyone needs to have the same interpretation. And I think like also then with with scale, while it's important to have an overarching strategy in place, you also need to then like at a more a smaller product level or product team level have like individual strategies in place that come out of the, the larger strategy. So I mean, I think like what I'm also wondering if we think of like, is it the product manager within its team or the executive, like for the whole organization, like what are 
the steps that one should take in order to define the strategy? Uh, yeah, I mean, generally in startups like, like us, you know, the higher management, we can say founders, generally they are tech or business people, they are involved in building strategies, you know. Uh, even they are involved in uh, uh, creating the sprints, you know, so how it flows is like, you have to define your strategy and our strategies in, in industrializing digital requirements with AI, let's say that's our strategy. And we, you can build subgoals to it, you know, how can we solve the problem, you know, what are the product features we should offer. So you have to define these goals, you know, I mean, and then talk to the customers, build prototypes for it, validate your subgoals so that you can jump into uh, development, you know. So in development is something like you can define your sprints, you know, uh, that kind of aligns with your uh, product strategy, you know. But in startups, you do, like, like small startups like us, which are bootstrapped, you know, uh, not VC backed still, so uh, you still have to minimize the number of failures. So that's the idea to first validate a bit, get some pre-development money from the potential customers, that is our strategy, you know, and then do the actual development of the product features. So yeah, this is how uh, we kind of uh, build our product strategies. Um. So, so I go the other way around. So I, I used to work in big industry um, and just recently in, in, in a startup. And um, I, I'm a big believer in design thinking. So I'm sure a lot of you know about design thinking methodology. And uh, there are a lot of uh, critics about it, but if you really live and breathe it, um, it can create some powerful insights um, in terms of not only product strategy, but business strategy as a whole. Mm -hmm. So um, whatever I do, and I encourage all product people to do it, is go heavy on, on design thinking. That's what, what I mean by that is speaking as many people and immersing yourself in the lives of your end customer and everybody that is along the way of the value chain. So for instance, in, in our, um, line of work, we're speaking with family caregivers. And um, so we immerse ourselves. I love to go to their houses, but because of COVID, we couldn't. But we go into their, their living rooms and we see how they're doing it, their, their bedrooms. Um, but we're also talking to doctors, we're talking to nurses. We're trying to understand the entire ecosystem and the whole value chain. We're trying to understand from insurances, um, what is their angle in it? And, and how can we get their buy-in? Because it's important for a remuneration us. Um, we're speaking to big corporate industries who want to offer this perhaps a benefit to their um, to their employees. So I always go and immerse myself in whatever it's doing, whether it is in a B2B context or in a B2C context, because I've, I've worked in B2B as well and did that and always went heavy, hard, the first three months of whatever I'm doing in that. And that gives them the insight into my product what is the problem I want to solve um, and, and, and try to figure out what are the features and services that I need to offer. Um, and it's enormous. I would come back with a hundred different product ideas, but then we have to validate, right? So we have to validate those ideas with data, with KPIs, and um, then we go into business modeling. Um, I love the business model canvas, but we use the data to really help us validate it. And then we were able to eliminate a lot of ideas and products and services um, and really think to ourselves, okay, this, and, and we even go to a feature level and, and really decide, is this really value, you know, viable at the end of the day? Are we going to make money for the, with this feature? How much does it cost for us to actually 
build this? And, and what technology do we need to use to build it um, at the end of the day? What channels of distribution do we have to actually push, even by a feature basis? And so that's, that's what I do um, in, in terms of, of really defining that product strategy. So working on des uh, the design thinking give you a lot of great insights, not just from a user, but from a business perspective, and then using the business model canvas to really hone out that strategy. So, so those are the two big tools that, that I often use in, in B2B and B2C. One, one thing I would like to add, so you said from uh, top to bottom, but in our case, as I said, uh, in startups like us, you know, uh, we generally follow bottom-top strategy you know, to validate the idea with the customer itself, you know, and yes, I mean, design thing is always important, as we also do with uh, the product features that we want to build and validate with the customer, you know. But yeah, uh, I mean, uh, this is one of the, you know, tricks that we always do, go to the customer, show prototype and say, do you need this? solves this problem for you, this pain points for you, pain points for you, give me money, next six months you will get discounts in license, give me free development money, we do the development for you. Yeah, <laughs> these are the tip, tips that, uh, tricks that we do uh, in our development. And whether it's a, it's a top-down approach or a bottom-up approach, I see like that your product strategies are, are covering two important things. So first of all, we're having a plan, and the other thing is the alignment around the plan. Right. So to make sure that everyone is on the same page, and I think whether you are a 20 people startup or a 2,000 people organization, the successful companies have regular conversations and also fights around the product strategy because uh, everything falls or rises with product strategy. So that's at least what, what, what I'm getting out from, from what, you, what you're talking about. And uh, the question I'm still having is when it comes to the key parts a strategy needs to fulfill or to, to have as like key information, what do you say are the key parts that need to be covered that need to be covered in a product strategy? Um, so again, for me, it's the why, the how, and the what. Or the why, the what, and the how. So uh, why are we doing this? So everybody in the company, like I said before, they're always asking why. Why are we doing this? Even down to a minimal feature. I need to explain them. I have to have the, the, the customer needs. I have to have the KPIs to, or the, the data to validate, okay, this is why we need to do it. So first is to explain the why um, from, from a contextual point of view as well. As I said, 4.5 million people in Germany are in this situation and they have no support. So um, looking at the industry, looking at the customer, um, to explain the why. Um, also to understand then that target group. What is it, who is the target group that I'm looking at? Who are they? What's important for them? What is the, the problem that I'm trying to solve for them? And do they have other solutions for the competitors out there that are providing the solutions that they need? And, and how saturated is that? Or do, we do I have like a very unique niche solution like you do? Um, we have a niche solution because everything is paper-based and, and very, um, <laughs> yeah, you, you have to go to different, um, like, amts in, in Germany to get everything you want. Um, so we're offering a digital solution. Um, so you have to look at your competitors. So first, explain the why. And then from the why, explain the what. So what are we doing to actually solve those problems? What is the product? So that's the product roadmap. What are the features? And like I said, why are those features important? So prioritizing the features from a viability and, and an effort point of view. I think everybody knows that. 
um, to, to really then make sure, okay, we're going with this feature instead of that because there are 100,000 features we can implement. Um, and then the how. How are we going to build it? So what is the technology that we're going to use? Because there's a lot of technology that we can use. Are we going to use uh, existing technology or are we going to build it ourselves? Um, and, and how are we going to go about actually, you know, what do we need? What are the skill sets do we need? What is the content or expertise do we need? We need nursing expertise. We need people who are doctors to help us with the content. Um, so, so that's important. Um, also important, most or very important, is the monetization. How how are we going to monetize so that this product succeeds and lives and, and doesn't die, and that we can continue to pay our employees and continue to 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 exist is also important. That that is important in in the product strategy. Um, and then how do you launch it? How do you bring it to market? Um, is it a, a, a marketing channel? Is it a partnership? Is it distribution? That's also important in the product strategy. Um, and then how do you scale? So you, you can have a great product, but then how do you scale? And what do you need to operate to scale? Who are the people that you need to help service if something is going wrong? Um, and, and so that whole operation, the first, second, third level support is, is, is critical. So, so those are all the, the, the information or the details that I always make sure is included in the product strategy. So I'm, I'm just having like this 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 slide deck in front of my eyes that you were talking about. So I, I see like there is a, there's a business uh, problem statement or problem statement in general. So you have then the, the market research, the targeting or persona, so to say. Then you have a profit and loss uh, analysis as well. Uh, the go to um, the go to the business model. Yeah, the go to market strategy. So these are the things that you try to cover while you developing the product strategy. Yes, and it's constantly evolving with us. Gets bigger. So as soon as we're we're done with it, we're starting on the next one. So every quarter, you know, we're we're constantly involving it and we're constantly communicating that to our team. Sometimes they're like, okay, but how about you? Yeah, I mean, kind of similar. Uh, so I mean, I would say business uh, first. First, just like uh, on the business aspects, uh, what is the business model? You know, whether it's a uh, paper use or or like it's a subscription model or how you want to sell it, or uh, it's a perpetual license. So you have to think on the business term first, uh, aligning with your vision, uh, that is what, what I can say on business side, and uh, on customer side, I mean, again, as I repeat, who is the audience, you know? So for example, uh, I asked the question, how many of you use WhatsApp on mobile? On mobile, yes, almost all. How many of you use WhatsApp on desktop browser? On desktop browser, still some. Okay, so we know. I mean, uh, uh, the majority uh, or major audience is on mobile. You know, so it's kind of one of the strategy, part of the strategy. What is nice to have and what is must have. You know, based on that, you can prioritize your customer needs. You know, that's where you can focus on. Prioritize it, prioritize it, and then again monetization. How you get the money to develop it? How can you validate it? So again, you have to think of what is the business model. We give the pre-development money again. I repeat, we give you license, we give you discounts on the licenses when you buy. It means you will buy it. You know, <laughs> you will not uh, run around. You know, after just uh, some customers linger, say, okay, window shopping. I know this. Can you do this? You invest two months in developing a prototype, and then they say we don't need any more. But if you ask, or well, you already take uh, pre-development money, they will not go away. They will use uh, into uh, into their uh, business processes. You know. Yeah, this is one thing. Competitor is another thing. 
for example uh, customer request some weird customer request something you know say uh, can you do translation for us you know because we also build on premise solution so our solution is a b2b so we can deploy it on on premise or we can do it on cloud so it's completely cloud agnostic agnostic and uh, our platform is something like uh, we have uh, bit managers from many countries like china um, uh, sweden we have from germany india everyone working on the same paragraph you know and that paragraph is could be in, in any language so they say can you build a translation for me we say no i mean why we say you have dpl you know we have google translate why should we build for you it's not a differentiator for us you know we can do something else for you which might like an information extraction we can understand what what catalog we can understand which requirement is critical for you can you build a tire of 10 cm or can you build a tire of 5 cm this is what we can do for you you know to uh, to analyze your requirements but not building the translation so this is important to identify the compete competition uh, and also identify the niche uh, segment where you want to build your product mm -hmm. And so once you have the strategy in place, like how do you also make sure that your team follows that, lives by it, and even like brings back to keep it updated and, and loops the, the feedback back so that you can continue to iterate on it? I mean, uh, very simple answer, but very hard to execute. Uh, communication, you know. Mm -hmm. So you have to communicate a lot with your team, the strategy that you build or the sub-goals, you know, that you build. But it is always very hard, you know, people doesn't follow, you know, answer is very easy to the continuous communication, you know, uh, iteration of your, let's say, you know, uh, feedbacks from the customer, usage from it, go to the development team, uh, talk to them, uh, like uh, discuss the personas, how they, what is the user flow, how do they use the product, sometimes they use the product in a different way, even we don't know, you know, so, yeah, I mean, you have to go to the team, discuss, define the KPIs also, KPIs like, we can have KPIs like what is the usage of the product, you know, usage, we are AI company, so we mostly measure our AI KPIs, you know, we do have like how many users are there, how many users created the project, how many users uploaded different set of documents, yeah, the KPI is okay, but what is an AI KPI, value proposition, you know, value proposition is like you have an AI tool, AI assistance uh, to tender managers, how much assistance it has provided. Does it save any cost on you? Does it save any NCCs or penalties on you? So this is how uh, we build our KPIs and communicate to the team also, so that they can better build the product in a way that AI assists the users and the customers. Yeah. So that also means like KPI is another big part of like the strategy and how you validate it and keep it. Yes, exactly. So KPI is kind of a gold standard that you measure that my strategy uh, is validated by KPI, you know, else, I mean, it could be usage, it could be value proposition, um, yeah, in, in different dimensions, yeah. So, as, as Pankaj mentioned, communication and KPIs, that's, that's for us as well, so communication, 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 I, I mean, that's all we do. Um, for a, a management team, we constantly have to make sure that the team really understands it, because it's always lost in translation. So by the time we've communicated the strategy um, in the morning, in the evening, it's lost. <laughs> so um, we, we really try, we have weeklies. So we have a weekly meeting where everyone comes together and we discuss, you know, if somebody doesn't understand anything, it's an opportunity to ask questions. And if they're too shy, 
to, to speak in front of us, then they can write um, in, a, in a document or in, in Slack, and, and we're able to see that. So we, we constantly try to make sure that they understand the strategy. For us, we, we um, implemented this year uh, OKRs. So um, if anybody hasn't done it, it's a strenuous process, but it is a very, very good process, I think, um, because yeah, it's very top down. So people are like, oh, you know. <laughs> but it keeps the focus. Um, it was also strenuous for me. Um, I had to buy into this, 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 this new process, but um, I, I see a lot of value because whatever the team is working on, it goes back to our key objectives. So we have four key objectives. One is acquisition, second is retention, third is monetization, and fourth is partnerships. And anything and everything that the, that the teams do, and they can come up with their own ideas too, that's fine. It has to come back to, to reaching those those key objectives. Um, and and that's, that's where we also um, instill freedom so, so we say to the team, okay, we want to increase our retention. And if they come up with an idea, great, you know, because it's reaching that goal. And it gives them that motivation to be creative as well, instead of us being top down and saying, okay, this is what you need to do. Yeah. And that brings us actually to the last question for today, uh, because you both mentioned that communication is key. And as product people, we obviously have to communicate into all directions, right? We have to talk to our engineering teams, design team, marketing, sales, obviously, but also uh, upwards to the top management. And um, I'm wondering, what do you believe is the most important thing for a CEO or founder to give buy into the product strategy? So, um, it's to listen. So, I think it's really important for CEOs and founders to listen to the team. Um, and it's great because they do. So we have two avenues. So we have this regular review, so they're involved in that, so they know what they're going, what, what the team is doing and can give feedback. Um, and, and also to, to be able to make sure that the team is fulfilling their expectations. The other side is if the team realizes that a decision that was made isn't right, that they have the opportunity to speak up. And oftentimes they are right, um, and we have to listen to them. Um, so in terms of buy-in, um, the CEO and the co-founders have to trust the team uh, when they say, okay, well, this technology decision was, was not right, um, and so we have to make a different one. Or this feature isn't working. The KPIs are showing that only 5% of the users are using this particular KPI. Let's make that decision. Let's take it as, as painful as it is. Let's take this feature out because it's it's it's, it's just no it's maintenance point of view and no use from a customer point of view. Mm. Um, so I, I would say is listening is, is the most important for, for getting buy-in. Yeah, one of the thing is listening, but another thing is to participate. You know, so uh, I'm in startup. You know, so founders are like yeah, they are hands-on as well. They are like. Uh, some founders like uh, on the sales side, some founders on tech side, you know. So uh, founders should have uh, understanding of uh, what team is kind of trying to communicate, you know, technically as well, you know. So let's say your team member comes and say, let's build a chat GPT like model, you know. Then a founder or a manager or management of the management should have a, a you know, a interpretation as well, understanding. Should we do it or not? You know, should can we validate it or not? You know, how much uh, I mean, uh, 
mean, cost it involves, you know. Will it bring uh, any differentiators? Will it bring uh, more business to us? Can we compete with uh, open, uh, open AI, you know? Uh, so such decisions uh, founder uh, should be able to make uh, and uh, yeah and founder should also be able to find the right champions you know so this is one of the things that has been successful for us it's like finding the right champion champion is as I said who is the key user of the product you know who get the value proposition is uh, for us it's a CFO you know CFO is I look at the balance sheet I get that much revenue 10 billion revenue but out of 10 billion, uh, we, as a company, as a customer, we are paying 2 billion euros just in NCCs or filling up the pen, uh, penalties. So that's where uh, the founders have to kind of identify such champions, you know, pitch them, they see the value of the product, they don't see the product, they see the value of the product, KPI you define it, the KPIs actually you cannot calculate KPIs in just a year or something, you know, especially with the AI product because it learns over time and it brings more value as much as you use it. So, yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, also like, yeah, finding uh, leaderships also, like uh, great product managers who, can, who understands it, who executes the vision of the company, you know, uh, bring more initiatives into the company. So, these are the things that founder has to uh, look into. Well, I would say great closing words. So thank you very much and please give them a big clap.